What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by the Beanie Boy himself, Headphone Joe, Joe Dorville. What's up, man? What is going on, Brennan Tassif? Not much, man. A little, little technical thing. Didn't know what was happening, and then you blew my eardrums out with the with the music. Sorry, man. Um, wanted to give everyone a, a quick rundown of the show if you are new to the show. So we're going to talk some sports. Uh, the first segment, we will talk about all the major sports, mainly NFL and the NCAA, get into a little NBA now that the season is upon us. Then I'm just moving my mic around because Kyle loves that. Then we will get into the quick hits. <laughs> which will be a back and forth that Joe and I have about uh, extra topics, some tertiary sports, if you will. Then the walk-off is going to be our, um, I was going to say short essay portion, but we kind of go all the way around with it. Sometimes we talk stats. Sometimes we just talk. Sometimes we don't have anything. <laughs> then we'll end the show the same way we do every week with the press conference. But let's start this show the same way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. All right. It is the NFL season. Everybody knows what that means. Joe, what time is it? Game of the week. Time for the game. Wait a second. What? Huh? What? what you, so normally we do game of the week here, but I'm reading the rundown that you put together and yeah. you've got Tampa Bay Washington football team. Are we going with that? Game of the week. Game of the week. All right. Tyler Heineke. The green Taylor, lizard. Taylor Heineke. Taylor. Yes. Taylor. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke making his um, Tom Brady execution public for everybody to see. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. He's the, we, is he the Brady slayer? Yeah. I mean, he didn't is, slay him last year, but he got real close. Yeah. Real close. His two best games of his career have been against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, let's get into it. So this game. Everyone thought Tampa Bay was going to bounce back uh, after, after having a bye week. After yeah, so their heads, were, not head bashing, they're one in three, and then they had the bye week in the last like five weeks. Um, yeah, taking that L to uh, the Saints. Yeah, they took an L to the Saints, the Rams, and then um, there was another weird team that was in there. Um, oh yeah, the Washington Football Team. <laughs> they win twenty nine nineteen. This is at um, this is in Washington. Uh, like we said, uh, Taylor Stadium. Heineke uh, was 26 to 32. He had a touchdown, 256 yards. Uh, Tom Brady threw two interceptions. One of them was clearly not his fault, but don't ask Bruce Arians that because he was very clear that it was Tom Brady's fault. Did you see that in the um, post game? Yes, I did see the pressers. Arians don't like, have, he doesn't have I think time Brady for needs to play better. <laughs> yes, we are a stupid team, I believe he said. Yeah, that's what he said. We're a stupid team. Um, <laughs> Antonio Gibson was back for uh, Washington and they put him to work 24 carries uh, only 64 yards though, but he had two, two touchdowns. Two tutties. Yeah. Two tutties. Uh Our man uh, Heineke, no interceptions. So what, what, what I want to ask you is what can we actually take away from this? Do you think Tampa Bay with this high powered offense, everyone was talking about no Antonio Brown, no Gronk, but that shouldn't matter. But Tom Brady looked 44 in this game. Do you think they have the possibility to repeat or do you think that was just like a lightning in the bottle situation? Um, I think last year was a bit of a lightning in the bottle because if we, I mean, a lot of people are now hindsighting it, but Last year, I mean, through that whole run, me and you were like, they don't seem to be like blowing anybody away. It's yeah, like, and that's, yeah. Like the game with Washington, very close. The game with New Orleans, not as close, but kind of close. The Green Bay game turns if Rodgers runs or if they go for it on fourth. The game that, that was really the standout was the Super Bowl, and it was yeah. just the other guy had no offensive line to speak of. So it was kind of like the perfect, storm for them last year and we all thought with them bringing everybody back that hey they, they just literally brought everyone back plug and play and then you know attrition and age and injury start happening but like you said they have enough people to fill in those spots so yeah this it, was one of the luckiest shocking. teams last year when it came to injuries it was one of the healthiest teams uh when it uh during the postseason when they made the run they, they had very few injuries and then Vita Vey came back and he's out now again and without him, I don't, this defense on paper, like I play with Tampa a lot in Madden and on like, but you don't have, I only say that to Madden? say like these dudes, yeah, these dudes are like all in the nineties. 
Like Devin and Davis and like all these guys are like Winfield. Like these are good players. And but aren't they also like super depleted at the corner, at the DB position as well? Yeah, they, yeah, they are right now, but it, it's just, it's one of those things where coming into the season, the Bucks are who we thought they were to uh, quote the late great Dennis Green. But it's interesting to me because I, I thought they were going to roll people and they're not, but they were never that team. Like we talked about, they've never been that team. I also think Antonio Brown has a lot to do with it because Brady loves his slot guy and he, well, I was thinking about that earlier. What what happened to Scotty Miller? He just disappeared. I I was like, is he still on the roster? Yeah. He, uh, he was playing out of his mind last year. He's not. I feel uh, like once Antonio leaves, you just slot him in, but I, I don't know. I don't even see him on the, on the, on the, on the score, on the box score. Yeah, he's not even on the box score. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Is yeah, he he's still hurt? on the team. So weird. Number 10, Tampa Bay Buckle wide receiver. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Week 10. He might be ready for week 10. Okay. Okay. IR. Okay, um, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so with, with sense. him having no slot guy, Chase Young, uh, the terrible news, tore his ACL out for the season. For He'll the bounce back. ACLs yeah. aren't what they used to be. Second but, year. Yeah, he'll bounce back for sure. If this, we learn anything I, from that Under Armour commercial that he's in, he'll bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is uh, interesting. I, I did have the, I thought the Washington football team was poised to win the NFC East. You did. And I told obviously you, you stupid. with, obviously Sorry with, uh, say it that harshly, but the, I told the you injury you to Fitz, Fitz Magic, that, that really was not going to change anything. That really they hurt, man. This they, game if Fitz is playing. The great thing about the NFL is now my take technically isn't as dumb I know, because we'll they lost their starting really quarterback. We'll it's never so know. Un- we'll never so know. Un- Sliding so doors. Upsetting. We'll never know. So upsetting. All right. Anything else but on this game for you? You know what stands? You know what stands? Even though that injury, Fitz will never what? make the playoffs. That's sad. Yeah. But it's the truth. All right. The next game is something that I was super interested in only because I have been banging the drum for the Chargers <laughs> since the beginning of the season where I'm talking. You guys know what we're talking about. We're talking Minnesota, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, ugh, ugh. This was <laughs> disappointing, I think. This was in L.A. Um, the Vikings win 27 Justin Herbert's a little overrated before. And then you Kirk apologize. Cousins. And Kirk then Cousins he coming out. has been playing oh, yeah. terrible ever since. Yeah, the, literally the curse of the cheers, man. Ever since you apologize, he's been, that's like me and Baker, which I'll talk about more in the walk off. But so like, weird. what? So you put this in the rundown, but I find this fascinating. Do you think Minnesota's actually a good team that's camouflaged as a bad team? Or do you think the Chargers are a bad team, camouflaged as a, a good thing? I mean, they're not independent of each other, but. I or they are independent of each other. It doesn't like one doesn't affect the other. Yeah, one doesn't begot the other. But so Minnesota is a good team disguised as a bad team. Um, Wow, defense. You guys hear this guy going back on his Kirk Cousins? Let me get to it. Their defense is very consistent. Kurt's having is actually one of his best years, best seasons ever. how much does that get you in wins? We see that they have, what, four of those, I believe. So, hey. Um, not 500 yet, so almost there. Not 500 yet. I would say D- Detroit took the tie that he wanted to get for sure. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I this goes back to what I called for a couple of weeks ago. I, f- I feel like it's just coaching at the end of the day. I mean, they we all know they have the talent. They have the horses. Um, they just need to be put in the right position. And, they're too often they are not put in the right position. We can see that from last year where they started like three and five and they ripped off five wins ago, eight and no, eight and yep. eight. So it's just like it's so they're so inconsistent that it's 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 to their detriment, basically. And the Chargers, they have yeah. again another team with all the horses, but they can't seem to get out of their own way when they need to. Like, how do you have this game? How do you have the loss to Dallas where they should have won? Um, the Eagles game honestly should have been close if you're a good team. Like it, they are, it, we, everybody praised Staley and it's kind of funny cause it's, 
it's kind of mirroring Cincinnati to a degree where yeah. they kind of came out as gangbusters. The coach made a couple fourth down decisions that everybody loved. And then when you get to it and you got to just play football, is your team better than mine? Is your team tougher than mine? Are you going to give up the yards? Are you going to make the mistakes? So, Yeah, and that's something I say a lot on this show, and I've been screaming it from the rooftop. This is the NFL, man. Like, everybody's good. So even the shittiest team, I mean, I feel bad you saying that. Because we're going to talk about Detroit later. But everyone can play. Um, and the thing except that... Except Yeah, except Jared Goff. And he fucking... And Mason Rudolph. They would not let him touch the ball, Jared Goff. <laughs> Did you see how many times they ran it? Uh, but uh, I thought the Chargers... Now, given first-year head coach, uh, young quarter, super young quarterback, only in his second year, young offensive line because a lot of those guys they just drafted. The defense is constantly plagued by injury, but Minnesota at the beginning of the year looked like doo doo, and we kept asking ourselves, "I don't understand." They have all these fantasy guys on offense; like they should be throwing it all over the yard. And I, to your credit, you were like, "Yeah, but Kirk Cousins is a middle of the road quarterback," but at the same time. You know, you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. You should be putting up points. And their defense last year was atrocious, which is yeah. weird because Zimmer's a defensive-minded coach. And this year, at the beginning of the year, they looked terrible. And now it's coming together. Now, and I said this last week, I said they were a team that last year, like you just alluded to, broke off those five straight wins. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, they could make a playoff run. And it was the same exact thing this season, just a different timeline. They just started winning a little bit earlier than they did last year. But I honestly thought the Chargers were going to make a run this year. And I don't think they are. I don't think they have. After that Kansas City game, that doesn't even look as good. I mean, Kansas City walloped the Raiders, but the Raiders are going through Raiders all sorts are, of shit. I would say the Raiders are going through all types of turmoil. Um, the Chargers, are the Chargers just destined to always be the Chargers? We thought that once they yeah, got rid yeah, of Rivers, <laughs> we thought once they got rid of uh, Anthony Lynn, that all the curses were gone. And here they are at five and four. Just chargering it up. to go five and five next week. And... Have everyone scratching their head? Is this quarterback really that good? Is it just the hair that's throwing us off? Like, Jesus H. I just realized something. It's not on the rundown, but this is something I do want to throw out there since we mentioned the Kansas City Raiders game. Just because I actually did research for that game, assuming it would be on here and it wasn't. Gus Bradley only uh, played cover three, single high safety. And what have we been talking about for weeks? Teams that are like putting the screws to them are running cover two, two high yeah. safety, so you can roll them. I just wanted, I really looked into that, and then I was so <laughs> proud of myself that it wasn't on the rundown. So I just want to say, Gus Bradley refused to get out of cover three, and they got rolled. So yeah, anyway, think, okay. Back, so, oh, if we want to touch on that real quick, yeah, we talked about them doing cover two all, but the Raiders have been doing cover three all season. So it was like going into that game, people are like, are they going to break from what they're doing and do what everyone else is doing, or are they just going to stay with their own game plan? And obviously, they stayed with their own game plan. Got boat race at the end after Deshaun Jackson dropped a, a could be big play after that. Could yeah, have they been were only down by thirteen, and it would have been could have been yeah. intercepted at that time because it just ran right off Tyre Matthews' hand. So let's not yeah. give him all the blame on that. He made a spectacular catch and then just got punched out defensively. I was just so play. proud of myself for knowing that detail. And then I was like, fuck, I can't say it. But then the game became 41-13 and there was no storylines to pull out of it. What am I going to do this week? Are the Chiefs good again? <laughs> yeah, right? So, God, everyone's talking about that. I'm glad you yeah. didn't put it on here. So, so let's I get back. Like, I, I think Minnesota, I think the NFC is too stacked. I don't think Minnesota can make any noise. <clears throat> Excuse me, especially when Rodgers comes back. Um, that NFC North is wrapped up. Uh, the Packers... Been. Very bad. That's what I'm saying. Like the uh, pack. Yeah, we saw. <laughs> I did say when Rod, what Rogers is back, and we yes. saw what the Packers do. Um, so yeah, I think I think Minnesota is cursed because of their conference. Mm-hmm. I think if they switched the Chargers in Minnesota, Minnesota would be a, a sure playoff team. But because yeah, they're in the NFC, I don't Chiefs. think. But I'm just saying, I think because they're in the NFC, they're not going to be. Able, there's too many good teams. Oh, the so NFC this has, year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying the NFC huh. is so deep this year that I don't, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And the I Chargers, I don't, I don't fucking know. All right, 
Superman is back, everybody. Superman Carl Lois Lane is back. Talking about Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton back at the helm, fucking tearing my shirt open to reveal the S on his chest. Two plays, Taking two tutties. Down. Let's go. Two tutties. Taking down the juggernaut that was the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, you, um, you're being very facetious there. They did not have their quarterback or their top receiver. And plus JJ and what, Watt got and for the year. I'm glad it took it took a week with the whole Colt McCoy resurgence yeah, it last week. Took an extra week. week. <laughs> it took an extra week. But I remember I messaged you last week and I was like, damn, man, I had this whole take about Kyler Murray will go down and then the Cardinals are going to start to fade. And I'm looking real stupid right now. And you're like, yep. And I was like, <laughs> oh, good thing it's a season long take. And hey, look what happened. <laughs> One game, one game, one game. It is one game. So uh, Carolina Panthers at the Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, 34 Cardinals, 10. Uh, This game was not great for the Cardinals, but like you alluded to missing a bunch of guys, uh, couldn't get the run game going. Just, it was not, not awesome. What did you take away from this? Was this more about Cam Newton coming back or was this more about Arizona? Um, Before I get to that. Is it just me or there's been like a bad slate of games like the past couple of weeks? Horrific. Okay. Horrific. Because it's been hard to really pick. I looked at the, yesterday and I was like, I don't even know what games I want to talk about. A lot of these games. Yeah, are remember trash. the first couple of weeks? It was like bang, 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 oh, bang. Great and game, now, great game. Great the last game. two or three weeks, I, I text and I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do for game of the week? Like, <laughs> this, is, this is all garbage. Like, nobody cares. And then, and then Rogers, has, Rogers has muddied two big primetime games with him and. Kansas City was supposed to be last week, and then him and Russ this week, and that game was terrible. It's like, Doc, what the heck? But um, no, this game was more about uh, who the Arizona Cardinals did not have. Um, yeah. It, cool that Cam, I told you Cam would be back on the team uh, before the year. You end. did. You, you called that. Um, I did not think he'd be returning back to Carolina with the number one. Shocked that no one took the number one. I was de- when he when he signed. I was like, "Ooh, is the number one still available?" I was like, "Oh, it's still available." No selfish receiver took number one. Um, I don't understand the number one. I I hate number one. Number one's cool if you're good. Yeah, but it's like such a I don't know. I think it's like an obvious trope. Like you want people to associate your number with great, like 84 Randy Mott. Like everybody knows that, like, you know what I mean? Like 13 Dan Marino. So like when people get number one, it's like, Hey, it's like, Hey, I'm great. It's like, yeah, but you play so well that people then think associate your number with greatness. Isn't that even reversing itself though? Because to that notion, if you were to pick a number that's already associated with greatness, it'd be like, you should be great then. That's like any basketball player that wears number 23. It's 23, like, yeah. oh, you're trying to be Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's kind of snaky. That's why I was tail. like 42, baby. 42. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the number. Um, anyway, this, yeah. Shout out to Jackie Go Lums. ahead. You, you were talking about, hell yeah, that's why I wore it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you were talking about um, Arizona. This, this, you're right. This is, has way more to do with what they didn't have. Um, yeah. I don't um, think Carolina's going to like make a huge playoff push now with Cam back. Even though Cam didn't start. Didn't start. Okay, so one, I did like the uh, the baseball note aspect of this where it was like, all right, we're going to play situational. We're going to get not, not even baseball. What I thought actually before that was um, they looked like where Cam started his college career. I'm pretty sure you know this. University of Florida. They looked like the University of Florida. PJ Walker yep. was uh, Chris Leak and Cam Noon was Tim Tebow. Getting Tim red zone Tebow. and we'll figure it out. We'll get a couple packages in there and we'll get you uh, some successful plays. Um, but I don't know if you saw Cam is uh, going to be the starter going forward. Yeah. And they start this going forward, this next phase of their chapter of their lives. They're five and five team. Next week they go to the Washington football team to play Cam's former coach, Ron, Ron Rivera, Rivera, Riverboat Ron, who did not make a phone call to him after Ryan Fitzpatrick went down, who did not make a phone call to him last year when Dwayne Haskin was his starting quarterback going into yeah. So do you think Cam has the breakout revenge game on revenge his Revenge game, baby. This is a Hell classic yeah. revenge game, baby. And Carolina, let's not forget, they their defense has been... 
Very good. Their defense has been very good. They're very fast. They can keep up. Um, their defense is built for speed. Not really. Uh, it's not like they a lost power JC defense. Horn, but... And they went and got uh, Stephon Gilmore to cover that up. Talk about yeah, a Yeah, not only that, but they also got uh, our number one, our first oh, round that's pick. That's right, CJ Anderson. Yeah, so they... Um, and they have AJ Boye already, so they're going to be who's you know a little over the hill, but still he was a starter for a long time in this league, so he's in former Jaguar as well. Is it Boye? He, or Boye? Uh, I always say AJ Boye. Mm, I say Boye. Boye. Huh. Well, I wish he was still a Jag. I could ask him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't think Carolina. I mean. They might make some noise. I don't think they're going to be poised to make a playoff run. I think Arizona needs to get its horses back or else exactly what's going to happen is exactly what I said was going to happen, where they're <laughs> going to fall apart. And nobody wants me to be right ever. So let's not see that. That is true. Um, they already said Kyler iffy for next week. So <laughs> Brennan Parade, Brennan Parade. <laughs> I did it. One more round. All right, one more round. So we're going to kind of go through quickly some of these other games. You want to take this one or you want me to take it? So, Brennan, what does a flip phone have to do with football? Apparently, Pete Carroll tossed one out onto the field when he was reaching for his challenge flag. I think that is the that's the meme of the game has passed you by. I think you put this in here just so you could say that. <laughs> I think that's the personification no, of the game has passed you by. Um, yeah. Seattle, Seattle. I mean, it, it appears that their run is over. Um, interesting. Interesting fact I want to throw out there. Um, Russ obviously started this game, should not have started because he was not. You could not tell have. he was not healthy. They could not. Um, I don't know if you noticed this when you were watching it. They Russell Wilson could not take a snap under center. So it was all shotgun and pistol formations. Mm. But that is not this offense is totally based on zone runs, yeah. um, play action out of center, under center, and they could not run under center. They threw the ball. I saw this stat. They threw the ball 80% on first down, which is not a Pete Carroll style Ooh. offense. It was like something crazy, like 39 out of 45 or something bonkers on first downs. Yeah. Russ had one of his worst games of his career. I believe like the uh, 4% completion yards or 4% yard per completion or per attempt was like his second lowest of his career. Um, and he's had low key a long career. Uh, unbeknownst to a lot of us. I mean, we think he's young. He's like in his thirties by now. He did like five years. Uh, look at that. Yeah. Um, two picks, a red zone pick that was very uncharacteristic. Rogers didn't look that much better coming off COVID, uh, but he was emotional. Um, the Packers lost Aaron Jones, which is a little upsetting yeah, for the fantasy team. But AJ Dillon looks like a beast. Interesting. Oh, does so, he? Where Where did they get AJ Dillon from? They drafted him like in after they paid this uh Aaron guy this big contract. Then uh, the backup came in. AJ Dillon has been you there for like two years. You know he's got names for his quads? Quadzilla and I forget yeah, the other Quadzilla one. Quadzilla and uh, I forgot the other one, but yeah, I, I'm aware. AJ Dillon, Boston uh, College, I, right? Yeah. I just yeah, wanted yeah. to make I wanted to make it known that they paid all this money to the starting running back and then he goes down and the backup looks like a monster out of a fucking nightmare. Another, I want to say he was another first round pick in the backup. I, I really hope he's pick. not a first round pick because he's gonna make pick. me look like an asshole. Okay, there we go. Second round. See, oh, never spent no, a first sorry. round pick on a running back. Wrong thing, wrong thing. Oh, oh. oh, please yeah. tell me it was fourth round. Second pick. round pick. Second round pick. Second round pick. Never invest a first round pick. Never pay a running back big money. See, proving me right. A second round pick is still a top pick, Brian. Um, eh, just and they the had Rams. two running backs when they drafted him as the <laughs> second round. They had Jamal Williams and AJ Aaron Jones. Anybody who names his quads is good in my book. Both the all right, we're spending too much time on this. Both these teams oh, look mediocre at best, but Green Bay will get it together. Seattle's done. Green Bay's defense looks pretty good, so they have a championship yeah. defense, I think maybe. One more round. All right, New England, Cleveland. <laughs> so there was this a game. Mix. Yeah, this game was bad. New England house. Cleveland Baker clearly now he's got to be out and I'm going to talk more about that in my walk off, but trying to play injured. It was interesting. Some podcasts I listened to named the Pats like they it was Bill Simmons and him and Peter Schrager talked about maybe the Pats might make the Super Bowl and they got like laughed out out of Twitter 
And now the Pats are starting to look pretty good. What do you think? I don't think they can make a Super Bowl. Um, four straight. Now we, you know, more, two questions I want to ask you. One. Well, one's a question. Another one's just like a statement of fact. One is Mac. Mac Jones is obviously the best rookie quarterback this year, right? Uh, yeah. If we did a redraft, I think Trevor Lawrence still goes one only because of everything surrounding him. But I think Mac Jones goes two easy. Zach Wilson is it's bad. Um, which I called by the way. I believe I had that. You said Zach Wilson. Tape. Yeah, Zach Wilson's bad. Yeah, run the tape. Uh, Trey Lance, I don't think we've seen him since that first loss he took, and then he's been hurt with a mysterious injury ever since. Uh, Justin Fields, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's just bad situation in Chicago. They believe I had that. Shouldn't have had that coach should have been fired last year. He shouldn't have been. Yeah, I still been don't there understand how Matt Nagy has a job. I don't know how Nagy and Pace have been able to mortgage the future they on two extensions. first round picks. So they got extensions after the Mitch Trubisky thing. <laughs> Mind-boggling. Um, so the second thing is, now, I don't think they'll make a Super Bowl run, but everyone knows the notion that Bill Belichick treats the first four weeks, treats September like an extended like preseason. preseason. Yep. So for them to now have ripped off four straight wins and this one to, in the fashion in which it took place, just a thumping um, of the Cleveland Browns, who we just saw were world beaters after last week beating a team that was kind of suspect in Cincinnati. Um, I think Belichick's a really good coach, Brennan. Can you do you, do you agree with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think Bill Belichick is a very fine coach and, okay, and an okay GM. Matt Junon, look at him. Yep. <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee, let's talk about it. Tennessee, New Orleans, Tennessee getting another win. Uh, interesting. Because New Orleans missed two kicks and a two-point conversion that would have tied, at least tied this game. If not, if they would have made all of them, they would have won. They, so it's like they need something that they're missing. Yeah. It's like they don't have an element to their game that they're used uh, to having. So Trevor Simeon, shouts out Northwestern and Michael Wilbon, but Trevor Simeon goes 19-34. to 34, Almost at 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, but... They can. I don't. They're they're it's missing not a game something. Breaker. It's not a game breaker. Yeah. They. Yeah. I feel like they missed the boat in not pursuing some different quarterback option. Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill can't be the two guys. If you think you have a playoff run in you, and they have a playoff defense for sure, um, I you can't. You can't saddle your wagon to those two names. Not even those two guys. Just those two names. Yeah, especially because like Alvin Kamara's out, and now, I mean, this is a Sean Payton offense, so obviously there's they're going to put up numbers, but it's just, I just I don't know. It just seemed odd to me that they couldn't they couldn't get it going. I mean, <laughs> given like I said, they're missing Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara's out, and they don't have a quarterback. James got hurt still, before the trade deadline, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know why they don't. They didn't reach out to get, say, Nick Folds, um, Gardner Minshew. No, uh, Joe Flacco maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gardner Minshew over Joe. Somebody Flacco. with a cannon, you know, that's proved it in the league before. They could have gone out and gotten the White Lotus, man. The White Lotus was sitting there in New York. White Lotus. <clears throat> oh, like the White Lotus. Who's the White Lotus? <laughs> Mike White. Oh, you mean White Mike. The quarterback. White yeah, White Mike. White Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The White Lotus. His name's White Mike. <laughs> um, I believe I had this. Uh, Tennessee still winning games without Derrick Henry. Not because of the run game. That was your point. You said that anybody can be I understand in that, but I'm saying they're still winning. 51 yards between their two running backs. It's not, it's, that's not Derrick Henry. It's not, they're not, yeah, they but they still won the game. Replacing, but they're not replacing the production, is what I'm trying to say. You play to win the game. No doubt. Hello? But the production is not there. Therefore, you cannot say that he's just an interchangeable <laughs> back, Brennan. One more round. See, it seems like the running game is just interchangeable in the NFL now. All right, here we go. The toilet bowl, as we used to call it in college. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Detroit. This game ends in a 16-16 tie. We got it. Joe's getting his glasses on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony Kornheiser is going to read some stats. <laughs> so, I have no stats to read. 
But I just want to say I feel bad for Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Yeah, me too. Let's put his blood, sweat, and tears. And he has to deal with Jared Goff. Jared Goff, who threw the ball for 114 yards in an NFL game where he played the entire game at the position. How many times? And in an overtime. How many times did they let let it rip? 70 minutes. How many times did they run it, you say? No, how many times did they let him rip? How many attempts? 25 attempts. attempts. 25 attempts. 14 completions. 114 yards. What the hell? Say he was six of eight on his screen passes now, for 34 yards. They could have they could have had Mason Rudolph, which is another hell to live in, with 50 attempts for 30 completions and 242 yards. Couple of one tutty, one interception. And then at the end of the day, you could be Najee Harris and not know that there's a tie in the NFL. Which brings me back to the Washington football team and Jay Gruden's famous press conference where he said, Man, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, we didn't lose, uh, but we didn't win. <laughs> tie, man. I didn't know you could tie in the NFL, man. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that was a coach who didn't know. That was an NFL coach. The NFL coach. He did not know you could tie. I feel bad for Dan Campbell only because... He's super emotional about like he's into it. Like he's all he in wants on Detroit. To win. <laughs> and to lo- and to to break your losing streak by not winning <laughs> is like a kick in the nuts, man. I mean, again, in the words of Jay Gruden, didn't lose, but he didn't win. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> do you I drive hate ties. home? What do you listen to on that drive home? Nothing. <laughs> Fucking silence. And I just think how how did no one get into field goal range? How did I end up here? They got into field goal range. They missed one. Yeah, they I know. But easy peasy one. The Jared Goff situation in Detroit is atrocious. You know what's really Only because sad? What? Sad and funny. So Goff starts his career, looks horrible. Jeff Fisher's like, this guy stinks. Then Sean McVay comes around. Jared Goff looks yeah, you remember competent. he was like the worst bust since Jamarcus Russell. Gave, uh, Jared Goff looks competent. They get to a Super Bowl. Everybody's like, hey, this is Jared Goff guy. Pretty good. He signs a big contract. Right after Wentz signs a big contract, everybody makes fun of Wentz, Wentz's contract. At least Wentz played well. Um, no one makes fun of Jared Goff's contract. Jared Goff gets traded. Jared Goff looks like the worst thing on earth. And also, the Rams had to give Detroit a number one pick for Jared Goff. That is true. I forgot about that. All this to say, we all owe Jeff Fisher an apology. I don't think that's ever been said. It's never been said. (laughs) It's never been said. All right. On the Never in the history of the world. Let's go. Here we go. We're talking NCAA football. Got a couple of upsets. This is what right. I've been waiting for all year. Now, if you remember the beginning of the college football season, the college football portion was a little longer because we had the upsets, the near upsets, and the blowouts. This team yeah. lived in the near upsets. Oklahoma finally takes it away and just goes and gets a plain good old-fashioned upset. They lose 27 Oklahoma to goes down to Baylor after pulling their freshman quarterback they still can't get it together only putting up 14 points and this is a Baylor team that just lost to TCU last week so yeah that was good also Brennan all aboard the lane train choo choo Lane Kevin goes into Texas A&M and cool college station I don't know where this game was actually but Takes a win over number 11, Texas A&M, as number 15, Ole Miss, cruises to a victory. And then this one, this is not really an upset. This is an upset, but it's not a ranked upset. Uh, Brett, do you want to know how many games Kansas has lost in conference on the road in a row before the other day? 22. Nope. How many? In conference on the road. 56 losses. Holy shit. 
56 road conference losses. They went and they beat Texas. Texas. In Texas. In Austin. In Austin. Another and upset. You don't have it on the list, but I want to throw it out there. Old Dominion was uh, given six and a half points and beat FAU by 13. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, if we're going to be revealing, uh, Miami lost to Florida State by three points, and I really don't want to talk about Wait, it. Wait, whoa. I really don't the want to Florida talk about State it. team this year, Florida State team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one that lost lost to Jackson State. Yeah, that Florida State. Yeah, 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 that one, that one. Yeah. All right, time for everybody's favorite segment of the week. <laughs> who's in? Who's out? Who's up? Who's down? Give it who's to us, Joe. Who's in? Who's out? Who's down? Who's out? We're gonna start with who's out. Auburn, out. We're number sixteen now. They're bounced out of here. Coastal Carolina. It's been fun to have you. Love the unis. Get the fuck out of here. Number twenty two to number gone. Penn State, you were oh, wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the right thing. Penn State, you were here for some time. Now you're out of line. Get out of here. Who's in? Arkansas finds their way back in at number 21. San Diego State finds their way back in at number 23. And Utah, are they the Utes? They the Utes. The Utah Utes. Utes. What's Utah State? Are they the Aggies? I think Utah State's the Aggies. Yeah. Utah Utes come in at number 24. Who's up and who's down? Baylor, after their win over Oklahoma, jumps all the way to number 11, jumping to seven spots. Oklahoma, therefore, falls eight spots to number 12. <clears throat> Pittsburgh, after taking down North Carolina, goes up five spots to number 20. And NC State drops four spots to number 25. Also, AM falls five spots to number 16. Right now in the AP, you're one, two, three, four, five, and six, sadly. Are Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oregon, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Alrighty. Well, on to the next one. All right. Now we're not only going to talk about football. I know a lot of people get like, hey, there's so much football. Joe, the NBA season is in full swing. We're about a month into the season. A couple things I want to run by you. The Washington Wizards mm. are on fire right the now. Zardos. The Zardos, as we affectionately The Zardos. Um, what do you think? How good do you think they really are? Do you really think this is, do you think it's an aberration or do you think they're, this is the team that they are? I think this is the team that they are. Um, no, I don't they're think number they're, one in the Eastern Conference at 10 and three. Just so everyone I was going to say, I don't think they're going to end up being the number one team. Per I se. wanted to throw that in there as soon as you said that. <laughs> I don't think they'll continue to be the number one team, but I think they are a good team. Now, they snuck into the playoffs last year with the uh, extension of the playoffs with the new six, seven through 10 gets in. They came in at number not eight. So, yep. They're good enough. They're a playoff team for sure. Um, the subtraction of Russell Westbrook. Why did I say that? Like Bugs Bunny. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> the subtraction of Russell Westbrook um, is paying dividends for this team in a way because Russ by subtraction is such a dominant ball handler that um, even though he gets the assist numbers, uh, not to say anything like he's a selfish player or anything, but the ball kind of stops when it gets to him. He's a ball stopper in a very different way as opposed to like a Carmelo Anthony where the ball stops and he's just looking to score. Russ stops the ball and looks to make a play for Russ. Um, so now the ball's a little free moving. They got Spencer Dinwiddie who left the Nets after getting his turn, his ACL last year. He looks to be 100% healthy and the ghost of Lakers pass. Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Mo Kuzma, uh, baby. Montrez Harrell. Caldwell Pope, those all guys are contributing to this team. So they have a full roster at their disposal and it's a lot of really good guys and they're, they're, they're showing up and they're showing out, man. I think they can sustain this. And let's not forget Brad, Bradley Bill, who's a perennial yeah. all-star at this point. Who? Well, and that's a, something I wanted to bring up. Um, Bradley Beal looks like the smartest one in the room now. Yes. 
Staying. Everyone was saying, yep. Everyone was like, he's going to one out. He's got, and he's like, no, I'm good. Like, I, I honestly think this team and the, the front office is trying to put pieces around me. I think that they are trying. And as long as they keep pushing, I'm going to stay here. And everyone was calling him crazy. And he was in so many trade rumors. And now Bradley Beal's the fucking smartest one in the room. If they, if they can even maintain a percentage of how well they're playing, he's going to look like a fucking genius. And everyone's yeah. going to respect him for not giving up on his team. Yeah. And he shout out to Wes Unsell Jr. Um, first year coach has them looking better than they have in a while. I believe he was on the Nuggets bench last year. Um, and yeah, the son of his father who played for the team when they were back in Baltimore, when they were the... Speaking of Nuggets, woo! Look at that segue. So, the Nuggets and Suns are surging, uh, putting Golden State in a, Golden State in a tough spot as far as the dominant team in the West. Joe, I already know what your answer is, but who do you think can challenge Golden State right now? The Suns or the Nuggets? Well, for the number one spot, <laughs> the Nuggets look really good. Um, the Nuggets, the Nuggets look good, and I think it. I'm going to pick the Nuggets, obviously, because they're my team. Yeah, but, obviously. Obviously. But I think also because we haven't even seen them at 100% yet. Um, right now, Michael Porter's out. Jamal has been out since last year. Well, early this year, last season. Um, so we haven't even seen them at full strength. And we've been getting immense contributions from our uh, bench players. And we have we've allowed the least amount of points per game. So our defense has gone all the way up. We haven't even, we're allowing less than a hundred points per game, which I think is something that can be sustained because we've put a lot of effort in our defense, um, getting the right pieces, the right guys to play defense around Jokic. So I think this is sustainable. And I think we will eventually leapfrog the two teams. Now three teams uh, ahead of us and push for that number one spot. Even if we don't get the number one spot, I think we'll, do I think all of it will pay dividends in the playoffs once everyone's 100% healthy and ready to go. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the Nuggets are definitely on the upswing as far as the Western teams. Um, the Suns, it was a great, I mean, I was rooting for them last year. It was a great storybook uh, ending kind of thing. I mean, until they lost in the finals, but to make the run that they made, it was awesome. But the Suns have, how can I put this delicately? They have way too much going on, so they're they're definitely on the downswing. They're on the 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 downslope because the Aiton situation not paying him. Chris Paul, as old as he is, he still looks good, but he's you know it's it's tough to get through a whole season. And then everything going on with the owner right now. I think the Nuggets have more of an up upside because they have players that are hurt because they're playing so well. There's no real drama in that organization as internally. So I, I think the Suns. I don't think the Suns are poised to make a big run this year. I think if anyone's going to challenge golden state, which is crazy to think we're saying that statement with clay still out and Kevin Durant gone. But if anyone's going to challenge golden state, it's going to be the nuggets. I think Utah, Utah's a prove it to me team. <laughs> yeah. You're never going to believe in them. Brett, are we living in like 2015? Uh, like, the Warriors are good. Cam Newton scoring touchdowns. Uh, the Patriots yeah, are good. Bananas. What is happening? Did we get in a... And Texas in a, still sucks. In, <laughs> and Miami loses to Florida State. That's That sounds about right. Um, what I did want to say, actually, about the Cam thing, to just throw this in here. Oh, God. <laughs> I just remembered this. Saying that, I just remembered this. Cam started his career... Dunking on the Arizona Cardinals, and now uh, he revives his career back with his former team against the same Arizona Cardinals. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits quick hits. Quick hits. Here we go. Quick. We only have a couple this week. Quick. I'm trying to be quiet because the lovely Savannah is trying to watch TV while I record this podcast. <laughs> Well, let's get out of here quickly, Brennan. So, U.S. versus Mexico. We won the game 2-0. Uh, Christian Pulisic coming on in the 74th minute. The U.S. team looked uh, really good. Uh, Mexico really had one chance against us. Uh, again, Christian came in 
in a late substitution, super sub as we call it, scored the first goal off of a beautiful cross by Tim Weah. Um, and then Weston McKinnon, the guy who I believe we talked about on the show where he, uh, yeah, he, he had some, uh, he was a knucklehead for a little bit. He was, he was a little, little knucklehead. knucklehead. Bit of a knucklehead getting himself in uh, close contact situations one nine, getting sent back to Italy to play with his club team. But since then, he has come back and played in both uh, trio of games, how they've been doing it for the qualifier, and it's played well. And he got the second goal in the 85th minute. They The team looks really good and poised to make the World Cup um, and, dare I say, make a run. At the World Cup. Here we go. It's on you. Oh, sorry. I was... <laughs> All right. We're going to do an NHL recap. Joe, I would like you to know that we did just beat your Panthers a couple of days ago. Three to two. Yeah, the Tampa true. Bay Lightning have won six out of the last it's eight. Overtime, we man. now have eight wins on the season. Only three losses. Oh, we are now... Slowly but surely inching our way back up to the top of the Eastern Conference. We are now third. We are coming for the Florida Panthers. Well, it won't be hard, especially because we have dropped five of the last 10 games, uh, winning five, but also losing two and then losing three. I said third, we're fifth. Damn. Losing three in overtime. Um, we're on a four-game losing streak. It's not looking good right now. Trying to rewrite the ship after everything that happened with the fire at Coach Quinville. Had a couple of uh, emotional victories right afterwards, but the team is kind of plateaued for a bit. Um, now, I don't know if they plan on bringing in a, uh, a more experienced coach or continuing with the current coach who this is his first time being the head man. Um, he seems to not have a full grasp as far as line changes and, you know, shift changes and all that good jazz. Um, goalies have been given up way too much for my liking. Um, believe it was Bob who gave up seven to the devils. Uh, that was, that was not good. Uh, don't know if you guys know, but that, that, that was not, good. not okay. Nope. Sorry. Wasn't even Bob. I, ooh, I'm sorry, Bob. I spoke ill on your name. The kid Spencer Knight gave up those seven goals. God damn it. God damn it, Spence. <sighs> Make me apologize to Bob. Anyways, uh, I think we'll figure it out. You know, bit of a bump in the road, but, you know, we'll get it together, Brennan. Breaking news before we get to the walk-offs, because that's no where we're going next. News. Breaking news. The 49ers come out, beat the Rams in Candlestick. Well, it's not called Candlestick anymore. Not candlestick. In Levi Stadium, 31 to 10. My Rams are spiraling very, very badly right now. And I'm not happy that... Uh, why are there so many imitators and then people get mad at the University of Miami? Why does San Francisco have a goddamn touchdown chain? I have no idea. Don't I don't even want to speaking of Miami though, let's get to the walk-offs. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs. Walk off Homer for Cabrera. You can smile, that's okay. Oh right. For anybody new to the show, the walk-off is a short essay portion segment of the show, or you could talk about stats or you could read off uh, other people's articles that they wrote that you really like. Uh, <coughs> Joe. Um, <laughs> it was a good article. Uh, I it was it. a good article, uh, but uh, Joe, I hosted, so I'll go last. Joe, you have the floor. All right, Brennan. Now folks, when I got on the zoom to talk to Brennan, breaking news, we're on zoom and not sitting next to each other. Um, I was furious. I was, I was, I was a rabid dog um, because I had to. Thankfully, they suck this year, so I didn't get a lot of shit from my brothers. But there was a text that was sent about, you know, Florida State beating us and all. And our quarterback, for some reason, doing a three-step drop before he spiked the ball. They don't, you, you can't do that, Tyler. That's not allowed. That's just a pass. That's intentional grounding. Um, but yeah, so I, I was I was prepared to get on here and fire everyone. Fire the AD. 
Fire the coach. Fire the president. Fire everyone. Get everybody out of here. Fire Donna Shalala, even though she's already been gone for however many years at this point. Fire Al Golden again, just because I'm sick and tired of his fucking suit and tie. Fire Randy Shannon again, just because I'm sick and tired of him going to Northwestern thinking you could just get those Northwestern kids and not coach them up and they'll just play like they did in high school. Fire fucking Larry Coker again, because he was a fucking nothing coach. He was just sitting there riding the coattails of great players that came before him firing who's who who's just firing mark rick because he wouldn't get rid of his son because they ran a remedial offense and then as i was getting ready to fire everybody i looked up and uh blake james got fired (laughs) kind of made me happy uh uh, the search is on and uh they're looking for the next ad that's good uh, also, fire Jim Laranega for losing to UCF in basketball. What the hell was that? Anyways, uh, yeah, gonna hire a new AD. Hopefully, that uh, bears some fruit. We won't get a fundraiser. We'll get somebody who knows how to actually build a program so we can get a real football coach and not Manny Diaz who's learning on the job because Miami's not where you learn on the job. Miami's supposed to be where you, where you go win titles, all right? Where you compete. At least just win the coastal, please. Just give me an ACC championship. Since we've moved to the ACC, I've not seen them win an ACC championship. Why did we ever leave the Big East? We could have been full gold, fool's gold in the Big East until eternity. And then we could have went independent and been like those frauds up in South Bend, uh, making their schedule every year, playing teams well after they're good, still playing USC, even though USC is not a fucking thing anymore. Um, so yeah, but uh, uh, upside, you know, Clemson's bad now. You know, get a new coach. You know, maybe win the SEC in a couple of years. You know, got a couple quarterbacks. If you got two quarterbacks, you got you got a quarterback in college. I mean, <laughs> 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 so yeah, let's uh, throw the U up. But at least give me like give me like another bad year because you know what's you know what's good right now. When your team loses that first game to Alabama and you never have to watch college football for the whole year. It's a good feeling. It's a real good feeling. All right. That was interesting. Take on fire everybody. <laughs> I'm so mad at Jim Laranega for losing Kill the UCF. I can't even believe it. All right. My walk off is called bad timing. Somebody needs to take the end uh, out of his name. All right, here we go. I find the situation with the Browns and Baker Mayfield fascinating. Maybe it's recency bias, or maybe I'm just a hater that thinks Baker is overrated. But the situation he and his franchise now find themselves in is not a normal one. So the Browns as an organization have a few options when it comes to their QB1 spot. They can extend Baker, who was the first overall pick in 2018, but for how much time and how much money? They can pick up his fifth-year option for about 18.5 and give themselves more time to wait and see. They could try to get something back for him via a trade in the offseason, or in the NFL, cutting players is always an option too. This is normally not a difficult decision for NFL teams. Either you have the guy and you extend him, a la Patrick Mahomes, or you don't. And you cut him or you let him walk into free agency like Jameis Winston. Some teams do trade their first round quarterbacks before an extension or in the case of Sam Darnold before the fifth year option is even eligible. But leave it to the trade partner to pick up that fifth year. This brings me back to Baker. He is a good player, but not great. His accuracy is something to be desired. Just ask OBJ. He's injury prone, but plays through it. No one questions his toughness or his desire to win. But at what cost? It's at the expense of his long-term stability. Baker is refusing to sit for the most part, even though he has a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder and a messed up knee now. Is this a heroic gesture? Sure, but it is, it a, but it, it is already affecting his topsy-turvy play and making his contract decision that much harder. I think the timing of these injuries couldn't be worse. In a year, the team wanted him to prove that he was worth that number one pick and he was going to be their starter in the long term moving forward. But he's just been okay. Again, not great. His intangibles are great, but the Browns don't want to throw $45 million a year at intangibles. Because of the injuries, they don't know how good he could be. The worst part about it is for every everyone... 
is that time is running out. And if they don't decide by year's end, Baker can walk into free agency. But who would want a former number one pick whose own team didn't sign him to a fifth year? It's bad timing all the way around. Just bad timing. I find this, Joe, I'm going to bring you in on this. I find this whole thing fascinating because you think, oh, you just extend him, but he's going to want max money, but he's not a max guy. He's not a max guy. But he's always hurt. So this brings up. So do you think they're just going to offer him like 20 and like hope he doesn't take it? This this brings up a few things. This brings up a couple weeks ago. I said that um, a couple weeks ago. Well, at the beginning of the season, I said that Baker, the Cleveland Browns need to reestablish the quarterback middle class with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he cannot be the president setting next quarterback. He cannot be. No, no, he's not that good. They're a running team that throws the ball sometimes. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Baker Mayfield right now, nine. he's played nine games. Hurt this year, so, you know, not as impressive numbers. Great assault, yeah. Nine touchdowns, four picks. Who leads the NFL in touchdowns? Do you have that on you? Do not have that on me readily available. I will check that out in a second. But do you want to know who their third leading receiver is on their team? Peoples Jones, right? Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. <laughs> The second is Peoples Jones. The first is Derek Njoku. He doesn't, he's not bad at throwing the ball to Odell. Apparently, he was just bad at throwing the ball. Get this. Tom Brady has 27 (laughs) touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 25. Matthew Stafford, 23. How many did you say Baker had? Nine? Nine. That's insane. They're a running team. We know that, but still it's like, and that's the other thing too, is if you're going to, if Kevin Stefanski is going to be a run old school, run you first style offense, quarterback of $5 million. When you have two starting running backs in the backfield, you can't pay $5 million, which was, it did sound like a million. <laughs> it sounded stupid, but you can absolutely pay him $5 million. I mean, if you could get away paying $5 million. Now Baker can play the Kirk cousin game, which is, Give me the fifth year extension. I'll franchise, take franchise, franchise tag. Yeah. Franchise tag. See you. Middle for double middle figures to you, idiot moron jackal, and be on his way. But he's he's not. He's a great commercial actor. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. It remains to be seen. We got to get out of here because my Savannah really wants to watch Billions. So let's go. And we'll to bring the press, you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> Succession is better. Yeah, I know. We got to get into succession. Um, We're still getting through Handmaid's Tale, though. Um, You're not done. Talk about worlds colliding. I uh, go to the stand a lot and ran into uh, my man, Dan Soder. Not my man, but someone I will eventually become friends with, and I guarantee it. (laughs) I guarantee it. She's watching Billions, and guess who's on the TV? Fucking Dan Soder. I didn't even know he was on that show. That's so (laughs) worlds colliding. Anyway. Find me at Brennan T Comedy. Yes, I do comedy. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast. Brennan Tessif is your ex-drinking buddy. Uh, this week was a great episode with my buddy John Slack, who is a bartender at the stand, but also does comedy. So that was a cool interview to do because it was like worlds colliding. Plus, he's been arrested 25 times, and that was hilarious. Joe. That was insane. He blew your number out the water. Uh, you can check out my... Water. You can check out my website and my uh, man. I forgot to do this for a split second. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorf. You can check out my website, joedorval.com. If you want to get some merch, if you want to check out my music, it's headphone Joe, no, oh, no, Ian, the phone. And uh, the t- albums are TV and TV season two. You can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Kieran Press. Uh, and you can check out everything on the network at a new low.co. Brennan, let's get you yeah. to watching billions. How do we close again? I forgot again. Oh. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out. Dan Campbell. Broke the losing streak, buddy. In soccer, I mean, you get points for that. Good thing this is football, not soccer. Oh, making jokes. Yeah, I know. That was the joke.
You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.